Welcome to the Brand and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. I'm Paul Borup with uh, with our always here guest, Chris Buran. We also have Jason Walker with us. And uh, just like every episode we have, you're going to experience a pretty insightful discussion about important topics that you can turn around and just implement right into your business that'll make you a more effective insurance professional. And um, now let's go ahead and jump into the discussion with, with a little bit of an introduction. We have Jason Walker with us, and I'll let Jason introduce himself. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Um, I'm Jason Walker. I run a consultancy called Agency InsureTech. And for all intents and purposes, I'm a glorified matchmaker. I saw this need to bring the distribution channel of insurance agencies together with technology that can truly impact their business and create more efficiencies along the lines. Um, and so I'm happy to be here and just have a, a frank discussion with Chris. I know that it uh, will be just that. So thank you again. Great. Well, thank you, Jason. And, and uh, the first question that I, I have for uh, both you and Chris, um, you know, it's, it's great that you're a matchmaker. I think every agency gets emails, phone calls about all kinds of insure techs. You see something new starting every day. How does anyone? How does anyone know what's real, what's really going to work, and what's just pie in the sky, and who to write a check to, basically? So, my recommendation um, to any agency that's exploring technology, whether it's for the first time or they've been in the middle of this space, trying to figure out where they can append some solutions that make their lives easier, is to not lead with. Uh, a thought around or a preconceived notion around any one technology firm. There's a ton of banter in the space. There's all the glorified conversations of which company received what investment. Um, and everyone has a great demo. I will give every insure tech that. But the best way to start is to just do a needs analysis. And you can do that with people or you can do it uh, with just your group internally. People meaning consultants, but you can do it with yourselves at the agency and really just simplify the conversation. What is it that in a perfect world, if we could stop doing it so we could focus more time on advising our customers, what would the answer be? And so that usually opens up, and especially if you get a couple members of the agency from the execution layers to the leadership to financial, everyone has a good answer. You'll see crossover, you'll see some differences, but that leads into, all right, if we could solve these three to five right now, now let's start backing ourselves into technologies that might be able to solve. And then the last piece I'll say is make sure that before you go into those discussions with those technology firms, that you note everything that are your needs and how you want to be able to measure success of overcoming some of those challenges. And that's what you put in front of the technology firm to be able to hold themselves accountable to. And then you do that on a daily, monthly, quarterly basis. And that's at least a good framework to strip out a lot of the, you know, marketing fluff because we don't have time for that as agencies. Chris, anything, anything to add there? Uh, one thing I, I'd add is, you know, from my background, from what I do on this is um, really super simple is that um, make sure whatever you do, especially if in the CRM uh, AMS space, it needs to be able to do accounting. And I'm seeing a lot of agencies get sold on CRM systems and some AMS systems that can't do accounting. 
And I hate to say it, but you can't run a business without accounting. And we're running into just a ton of problems with agencies who um, have invested a lot of money in different kinds of technology, and then they can't run their numbers. And it's not just the sales numbers. you got to be able to run an income statement. And believe it or not, all agencies have to provide a balance sheet. And if your system can't provide a balance sheet, you just cut the value out of your agency to the bone. So be practical to Jason's point. Technology, if it, if it does all these things at a really high level, but it doesn't boil back down to the basics, it's not going to really help you. And, you know, Chris, I, I think that's a great point and something that from a practical perspective, if I had mentioned, you know, understand your needs and then try to solve those challenges as part of that measurement plan, in addition to the fact that maybe you cut down time, you also need to be able to tie your financial goals. It's a great point to that measurement plan and then be transparent and share that with those technology firms so that they know that they're not only solving for, I cut 20 minutes out of your day for each rote task. I also was able to increase your profitability or just demonstrate some things around financial because we all know that that's what ultimately runs the business. Absolutely. I've seen some of these come out, Jason, where they are really pretty and the agency loses their shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it needs to work financially for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and. Chris, I know I've been through a couple of uh, valuations with you over the years and uh, thought we were pretty good on numbers. And then when you try to run the stuff and get it tied in, I mean, I think that's a great exercise for any agency to really spend some time going through and and truly understanding what's in their numbers, what how they measure things, and can all it and can it all tie back in? Because that's uh, that's something I think there's very few agencies don't struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we kind of identify some, uh, somebody that's um, pretty good there. What's the urgency on this kind of stuff? seems like we've been getting along pretty well. You look out and see other technology companies and other industries really advancing, but, uh, but insurance, the, is a glacial pace of change. Is there really any urgency to jump on these things or can we just wait till they iterate to be in a really good, a good uh, solution? So the answer would be now or yesterday with tongue in cheek, but in the same vein, working with some spectacular agencies uh, right now, what I've noticed that allows them to stand out or separate is the fact that they will admit first and foremost we are an extremely successful agency from a financial perspective, from a cultural perspective, all of the things that you want as an employer, but they will immediately also say, this is the time where we can't rest on our laurels and we have to be able to start to evolve with the industry and some of the technology recommendations that are out there or solutions providers that can help advance us. And so that's why we're having this discussion with you, Jason, because we want to understand in the next three, five, 10 years, where we can be with some assistance so that we can ultimately propel our individuals, our employees to make them that much better as well. So sense of urgency is now. And again, just starting to dabble into places where you might want to be able to make some immediate simple changes for the business that can help set it up for future success. Technology is not the end all be all answer, but it makes us better as people when we can find those solutions 
that ultimately help. I know for at least my own experience, a lot of it is just you, it's almost you learn how to learn with this technology. Maybe you pick up a small piece, try to implement it. And I don't think I've ever found anything that is truly plug and play. You just go in and it's all intuitive and it works right and it connects and everything comes through. So with each uh, new system that we try or, or, or implement, I think we get better at it. So if you think one day you're just going to wait until you find a good solution, plug it in and everything's going to work great. Um, it takes a lot of time. I found. Paul, you're absolutely right. And you're saying it straight from an agency's perspective, which I appreciate. And I would say that we do have to give technology firms that truly have the spirit and good people that are trying to make the lives of agents better. We have to give them somewhat benefit of the doubt on being collaborative, because I've also seen the other side of this where agents will say, oh, this didn't work within a month, two months time. So I'm just done with it. And I would caution on that. And I would say those technology firms, if they're lacking something, you have the biggest voice in the room in order to be able to give them that feedback that ultimately makes them better, which makes you better. And so it is this give and take between the agencies and the technology firms, because they're all kind of halfway there. Some are a little bit closer, but those that are closer are usually servicing the masses which is great for some of that commoditized business. But I think we would all admit as agencies that the things that really make us thrive and that we depend on usually have some semblance of customization that we need to work into the technology that we've brought into our business. And so there's a definite give and take between the agencies and technology providers that truly have a heart for the distribution channel and have demonstrated that they've made strides to be better on your behalf. That is a, a really insightful thing you just said, in my experience. When we've tried to implement different uh, insure tech in our agency, um, you hear on one side, you need to be a specialist and you need to focus on certain things. And I've been in agencies and they've always had a pretty strong specialization. And what I've, I've found is when you try to implement um, an insure tech somewhere and you have a very deep specialization, you're often really struggling with that because if you've got a main street type bop, um, that's really what all these things focus on to, to process that through. And that's great. But if you are really into professional liability or you are really into contractors or, or another specialty like that, those insure tech products generally struggle in that specialization space. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. Um, and you've kind of defined how this timeline has worked in the insure tech space. We all know that the heavily transactional side of the business, and that started with personal lines, bled into a small commercial. That's where everyone is rushing towards as far as let's build a technology, just keep doubling down on the, the ease, the efficiency. And now we're almost getting to the point where where are the solutions that fit the mid to large commercial markets and some of the more complex business that we're dealing with? And what I've noticed is happening is it might not be a solution that completely solves for the more complex business, 
but then agents are saying, well, what if I could, you know, review a policy faster or a contract on behalf of my customer? Is there something there that might be the 27th step in this big process with my customer? But if I could eliminate that 27th step or make it faster, that at least gives me a little bit of edge to my customer base. And that's where I've started to see in this space some evolution of technology, or at least, you know, saying, let's just find some enablers, but it's not going to be the end all be all platform, not yet. Okay. And then with all technology at the core of it is, is data. And Chris, you do a lot of uh, valuations of agencies. Is data something that you look at and what are the things to consider there? That's a pretty interesting question. Uh, so there's a there's a really school, major school of thought that the traditional agency value is based on how much cash flow you're going to put off based on your expirations. But there's the new school of thought that there's a new cash flow, um, a revenue stream that can be uh, generated by data by your data. How much, what's the quality of your data? What can you do with that additional data? And there's an argument, a good argument being made that um, agencies are actually worth more than they were historically worth if the data exists in a, in a format that's usable for other purposes. And I think that's something that everybody uh, running agencies really needs to be thinking about. Uh, one is, is if you go to sell your agency, haven't addressed your data, um, you may be selling it for less than you should. On the other hand, if you don't have that data, you're probably not generating the same revenue streams and profits that you otherwise could. Um, it's in the nascent development level at this point, um, but high quality data is, is what it's all about. And I can't overemphasize that. And Paul, I want to bring up a point that you said earlier about you some of the things that you're doing um, yesterday about your data. Um, a really interesting um, report just came out about um, uh, uh, corporate text messaging and the interaction of um, AI and the messaging. So for example, it's getting to a point in, in uh, some industries where someone could call, can text a company and say, I want, a birthday present for an eight-year-old boy that costs around $40 that has something to do with science. And you'll get an automated but human response as to what the best choices are that, that particular retailer is selling. It's all about the data that you have in your system that's going to enable one of those messaging systems to respond back to your client and save the money, but still make it eventually a very human experience. Now we're not there yet today, but if you don't start building the data today, you'll never get there. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense to me. And just to build on that, Chris, um, and drawing it to the InsureTech arena and watching new companies pop up, they seem to be focused on whether it's just complete uh, um, uh, nurturing data that's available or a platform that then appends with third-party data in order to be able to enrich 
what you already have about your customer or a prospect, mm-hmm. that seems to be all the rave now. And right. rightfully, because to your point, insurance agencies having access to that data, then being able to store that data and be able to leverage that data to make it a smarter communication and an interaction between the agency and their customers is what provides that edge. It provides prediction. It provides prescription. And so to know a lot about your customer outside of what you've probably learned through networking events, phone calls, being there for them every step of the way, there's still that world of what's happening after you hang up the phone, stop texting them, whatever. And to be able to start to bring that in enables an agency to be much smarter about the next steps or about the next policies to prescribe. And that's where I think all of this insurtech seems to be bubbling to because data is gold, as we know, in every industry, and not from the perspective of just monetizing it. It's gold from the perspective of leveraging it to create a better human interaction, which is interesting, because technology is creating the robotic stuff about it, but it makes us better relationship managers to our customers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty excited about some of that kind of technology on that spot. Yes. I can see it starting to happen already, real Real little areas, tiny areas, but some deals have been done in the industry in the last year where I think it's going to add rocket fuel to the process. And um, again, if this is one area which agents won't catch up. If you don't start building the data now and the thought process, the culture now, you probably will never catch up. So build the data so when the technology is ready, you can match it, but don't wait. Build, populate all of that information on your AMS systems for customer data. Populate it now. Uh, don't leave it blank. You may not go, I don't need it, but populate it. You will eventually. Yeah, I, I think just a quick follow, if you don't mind, is thinking about the perspective of, of that data and, and where do you put it. I'm noticing another trend where some have had it for a while, but others are following suit, is creating their own data repositories that sit in-house. And so it can pull from management systems and all the other third-party technologies that exist so that there's almost a copy or a record that you know we use terms like data lake, data repository, things like that databases. But the point is, is that agencies are starting to uh, put those in house so that they can start appending technologies that feed from that is the true moment of source. And yeah. that becomes interesting for the agency's evolution as well. Absolutely. And, and it, one thing we probably should clarify, Jason, and um, a question for you to comment on is, do you have to be a gigantic agency to do all this? No. <laughs> and I, I, I say no because uh, I'm witnessing it one as we all are on this call. Um, but to the solutions that are being created, there are some that are complete fluff and we need to navigate through that. And that's why Paul, you started with that is how do we start to sift through this? But there are solutions out there that have leveraged what maybe was intentionally or originally built for those that are enterprises or carriers or big groups. And we've learned a lot. So that research and development has then trickled down into the solutions that are now being offered to agencies at decent price points and have the abilities that we're talking about right now that they can implement into their agency. And if you're new, new, and you're starting from nothing, it's a perfect time to be able to bring in the right ecosystem instead of what you maybe inherited or was legacy 
and it almost makes it easier for you. If you're in the middle of that process, it's just taking inventory of what you've got and who do those solutions play nicely with or think about some replacement solutions. And that's really it. Awesome. One thing I would, uh, last comment for me on, on the data piece um, and, and how important it is, you know, there's, it can, it can be very beneficial, but can also give you a false sense of security in a lot of ways. You know, we've worked with some folks that, that pull in that third party data to try to make it easier, right? The ultimate goal sometimes is, oh, I can give somebody uh, a policy without asking questions. And I think that's a, a really something that's fraught with all kinds of problems. You buy third party data that comes in, it gives you the square footage of the house. Um, you think you've got a great quote. And you've come to find out that, you know what, they have a finished basement that's not showing up anywhere that in today's environment, especially could add $100,000, dollars $400,000 to the, to, the, to the value of the home that didn't show up in all this data that was supposedly good. So spending the time to ask those questions, to have those human interactions and make your data set internally so much better than anything that you're going to buy off the shelf because you could buy a lot of junk, what junk in junk out type of thing. So great point. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me add to that a little bit, Paul, the, um, so Jason made a comment earlier that I think is one of the most important comments anybody can make. And that is technology is supposed to accentuate the human experience, not replace the human experience. So the third-party data should accentuate what the agency is doing at the human level anyway. It should never be a replacement. And um, bringing it back to the reality of E&O, you should never, ever, ever rely 100% on third-party data because they're not responsible for the agency's E&O. The data also needs to be verified and we're already seeing E&O claims based on agencies that trusted that third-party data way too much and it had real significant. So yeah, it should accentuate, not replace. Okay. Well, y'all, thank you so much, Jason. We appreciate you joining us. Chris, as always, it's been uh, a pleasure to talk with you and get your insight. Get everybody listening and look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you.